0: Good afternoon, listeners. You're listening to the Young Adult Cafe, and I am Laura Moe, an extra special guest today. Her name is Louise Cypress, and we will get talking to her after I get my music started here. All right. For um, well, today's guest, Louise Cypress, I kind of know her and yet I don't. I, we are part of a critique group, but she lives in California. And uh, well, I thought it was pronounced La Jolla, California, and evidently it I La a couple of my yeah, a couple of my critique partners today said no, it's La Jolla. So you know, it, you must you can tell I'm from Ohio then, but. Uh, So La Jolla, California. But she she meets with us um, via Skype. You know, we some of us, most of us are from this area. So anyway, it's uh, so I feel like I do know her because she has seen my work and she's seen my current horrible work in progress. It's a first draft, so it's really
1: kind of embarrassing. It's not horrible. (laughs) No, but thank you for having me today, Laura.
0: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to you because uh, you are doing a book launch um, for your the first of this series. It's coming out. It's a it's in the vampire genre, and um, yes, it's called this first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is called Bite Me, uh, which is the one. It's coming out on the May on May, May 14th. Is that is that
1: correct? May 14th. That's correct. Okay. Okay. And then and the, the second one comes out May 21st. Okay. And then the third one comes out a month later on June 18th. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, you know,
0: the thing is, is that our books, our critique group, we've all read all these, and I'm sure you've probably made a few edits after that, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I know this series really well, so I can help you promote that. And uh, it's, and I don't even, I'm not a fan of the vampire genre, but I really enjoyed these. And um, this is, There, I don't know, go ahead and give me the elevator pitch as if, you know, let's pretend I'm an editor or an agent or a potential reader, and tell me a little bit about the series and particularly Bite Me that's coming up.
1: Okay, well, it is a clean and wholesome YA vampire romance series. Um, The hook of Bite Me is a nerdy high school senior transforms into a vampire vixen who's unaware that her hunky date for prom is the slayer sent to destroy her. And it's a romance, so it's told in two points of view. Morgan, who's the girl who doesn't realize she's been transformed into a vampire, and Van, who is an ancestor of Van Helsing, and he is a slayer, and he is sent to La Jolla by Helsing Incorporated to slay vampires. Uh, and so he's sent to shadow her, and then there, a romance blooms. Okay. And, okay. and so, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's clean and wholesome, so that's a special category in on Amazon, which means that there's not a lot of swearing and there's no drinking or sex. Uh, so it's more akin to Twilight, because Twilight was also a clean and wholesome uh YA vampire series. So fans who like Twilight will hopefully like this book, too. Oh, good, good. Now, are you a Twilight fan? I was, a, I am a Twilight fan. Uh, those mm-hmm. were some of my favorite young adult books. They are what I really got me into the young adult genre, which is similar with lots of people. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're problematic. You know, when you look back on them as an adult, I can see that there's some creepiness of Edward stalking Bella, for example. But on the whole, I think uh they were brilliant in that they reinvented a genre and got so many people hooked on reading so I'm mm-hmm. a fan
0: okay good good and now these are these are self published which is very different from uh being traditionally published and I understand a lot of authors find that they actually make more money self publishing their books and and many authors do hybrid things where they are they're traditionally published and yet at the same time they also release some things. Before we came on the air, you you told me you gave me a little bit of a rundown about how authors get paid. So, um, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us, tell the audience a little bit about um, have have you? Well, first off, have you been traditionally published? And if you have, how is this how is this experience? different
1: from having been traditionally published well i all of my books um under the name louis cypress have been self-published i have Mm -hmm. two ones that are already out one's called books boys and revenge which Mm -hmm. is about a teenager who gets dumped by her best friend since third grade and she's horribly upset in high school so she has to go back and reinvent her reputation with books boys and revenge and then I have an, a novella called Mermaid aboard, which is a romance in uh, more of a Y-A-N-A and a romance uh, it's about a, a mermaid named Estella who in order to escape her bridezilla older sister flees to a cruise ship where she finds true love and both both of those are self published so that was really where I was thinking when I when I started the concept of a paranormal vampire romance for young adults, I I just really thought self-publishing all the way because I know that readers like to binge read like Netflix, Uh, Mm -hmm. like you binge read on, or you binge watch shows on Netflix and I know that in the (laughs) genre of vampire romance, those are the type of readers who like to to binge read. They don't necessarily want to wait a year for a Mm -hmm. book to come out or to find out what happens um, in a story. And and I I was happy um, being an indie author because uh, with with Amazon like we were talking about earlier, Amazon deposits money into your check checking account every every month for your royalties, and you can see your sales every single day, and you can see what marketing things are working. There's not a wait um, to to oh you don't have to wait six months to get royalties, and you don't have to split anything with an agent. Um, A lot of traditionally published authors are represented by an an agent, and so they have to share 15% of whatever they make with their agent, and I don't. Everything is pure profit, Mm -hmm. which is a fun side job, uh, and it's something I really enjoy. And now if I want to write more in the series, right now it's a three-book series, but it has the option of expanding them so I can see if it's profitable and I can keep writing. Or even if it's not profitable, I can keep writing just for the love of writing. And it's all within my control, which is really exciting to have that ownership over your own artistic process. Well, plus, you don't have to wait. Like right
0: now, I'm, in the, I'm almost at the point where I'm, I'll actually start making money. I, you know, I had posted something a few weeks ago that I had to sell 66.6 more copies of my book. Before I earned out my advance, and you don't have to worry about that. Every book you sell, you're going to make money on. Is that am I correct yes. on that?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And my books are in the Kindle Unlimited um, program with Amazon, which means that if I if someone buys my book, so for Bite Me is on sale for two ninety nine. If someone bite, buys mm-hmm. it, I get something like two dollars and ten cents. But if someone borrows it through the Kindle Unlimited program, I get paid. By page reads, so if they read the whole book, I'll get something like a dollar ten cents. So still, you still make money um, when your book is borrowed through the Kindle Unlimited program. So it's sort of like a double way to earn money. And Mm -hmm. then at the back of my book, I have the first two chapters of the second book. So that's where it really gets into binge reading. So you can read Mm -hmm. the first book. Click the buy link and immediately start reading the next book. Click the buy link and immediately start reading the third book. So hopefully lots of readers who love YA Vampire Romance do that and fall in love with a series. Yeah.
0: Well, and you'll see, like those, you know, the, any of you listeners out there who read Bite Me, you'll recognize Me um, is, that's the second one, am I correct?
1: Second yeah, one is Hunt me. me.
0: Third one is Slay Haunt Me. me. Yeah. yeah, Hunt Me. That's right. Uh, hunt Me and then Slay Me. You'll, you'll recognize there are characters who appear in all three. Uh, it, but each book yes. features a different character. And um, yes. I made the decision
1: not to have a, any big cliffhangers. I know some authors do that. Right. But uh, these are standalone books that are mm-hmm. in the same world. So you could read the second book and you wouldn't be totally confused. Um right uh, Yeah and there's no like cliffhanger you where you feel jet like oh, I've got to keep reading. Yeah. Cuz it catches
0: you up on what happened and bite me. And actually the second one Hunt Me is is quite funny. Um and I'm not I'm a vampire, like that. Jo- I'm not a vampire genre reading person. So um So but I actually the I sec- am, you know, I mean we were all, you know, the, oh, those of us in our critique group, when we were reading it, we're all sitting there laughing. It's like we all knew, oh, yeah, she's, they're reading Louise's manuscript, you know, because we're sitting there reading each other's manuscripts. We all knew which
1: whose manuscript you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so. second book is an uh, all-girls vampire camping trip goes awry when a Sasquatch hunter is accidentally killed. And so yeah. that was really fun because – I used to be a Girl Scout, and so I have a lot of camping experience. And I had I wrote it so the girls were camping in Big Bear, which is one of the places that I love to camp. And I, one, of, one of the main characters, Morgan, knows a lot about trees and the, the natural foliage everywhere because she used to go to uh, Camp Sherman, which is the Girl Scout camp I grew up going to and was, in fact, a counselor at. So I thought, I thought that was really fun to write. Um, but then, of course, uh, the Sasquatch hunter accidentally gets killed, and then the whole camping trip runs into a big issue.
0: Yeah, and I, I have to, I have to say, I really enjoyed the Sasquatch character too. So we're, you know that? Uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away because I think once people read Bite Me, then they're going to immediately pre-order um, Hunt Me. And uh, right now, in fact, oh, yeah. you're doing quite well with the pre-orders.
1: Yes. So that's that's exciting. It's already on the hot new release list for uh, vampires for teen vampire books, um, and hopefully that continues to climb. Uh, so the book comes out two weeks from today, I think. Uh, May fourteenth is that a yeah? Yes, two weeks from today it comes out. So that's exciting. And later this week, I will put up the link for Hunt Me. uh, So that will be popping up on Amazon soon. And Mm -hmm. that's really easy to do. Anyone who's ever considering self-publishing, Amazon makes it very easy to do that. I chose to have my books as part of the Kindle Unlimited program, which means they are exclusive to Amazon. But Mm -hmm. if you were going to publish what's called wide and have your books also on Nook and Google Play and the Apple Store. That's also um, fairly easy. I've been told I haven't I haven't tried that. My books are are in Canola Unlimited, but it's mm-hmm. it's not difficult. and I, I published my um, first two books, um, Books Boys and Revenge and Mermaid aboard before I owned a Macintosh. I had a PC. And so I did all of mm-hmm. the, the formatting with a, a service called Pressbooks, where it was very easy and simple to do the formatting. And then I, in this past year, I purchased a Macintosh, which let me um, buy the formatting software Vellum, which is also very popular with indie authors. And it is so easy to do. You can format your book with beautiful fonts, chapter breaks, everything in like Twenty minutes, and it also lets wow. you put um, the back matter of the, which is like the about the author, uh, mm-hmm. the links to follow you on Instagram and BookBub, and Amazon and Goodreads. It lets you add all of those links really easily, and then if you want to have printed books, you just click a box, and it gives you the PDF file, which you can also upload to Amazon for paperbacks. Oh wow. So so really easy to do. Available
0: in physical form too. Then, so if you go to it will be, um, yeah,
1: the all three books will be in paperbacks. Right now, I just have the (coughs) ebook link up, um, but Mm -hmm. the paperback will be available on May fourteenth.
0: Yeah, I saw on Instagram earlier today you'd posted you got three paperback arcs that you're you're doing as a contest. So you're doing some uh, pre-publication events to help launch your book. Is that yes, one your the book event? launch
1: is really fun. I have one tour starting with Indie Sage PR. A lot of bloggers are familiar with Indie Sage PR. Um, they're doing a blog tour the week of May 14th, and there's over 37 bloggers signed up who are wow. doing that tour. And then awesome. after that week, uh, starting May 18th, I have a blog tour going with Rockstar Book Tours. Um, Jamie Arnold owns that. Of course, she's a really big book promoter in the YA world. And I'm excited about that tour. And that's where I'm giving away the three arcs to to three reviewers. Yes, part of mm-hmm. the Rockstar Book Tours. So that that's exciting. And then another yeah. fun thing that's happening in the middle of the release between Bite Me and Hunt Me, um, people can mark their calendars uh, on May 16th 17th 18th 19th and 20th mermaid aboard my novella will be free on amazon so anyone who would like to download it can download it for free and you can see if you like my writing and like my storytelling Mm -hmm. style and that will hopefully um hopefully i give away a lot of books (laughs) some people get to become familiar with my name yeah
0: yeah i guess that's with the indie publishing, you have to give away a lot of books to help your reputation, but, you know, I've met, I've, I've interviewed several uh, independently published, published authors who seem to be doing very well financially, handling their own. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of work involved with publicity and uh, getting your name out there and doing social media. So how do you balance the time uh, that it takes to, write these manuscripts because you had to write fairly quickly to get these manuscripts out there. But also at the same time, you had to do a lot of pre-publication. I mean, even now it's two weeks away from your pub date, um, and yet you're working pretty hard at getting the word out there. Uh, You're doing several types of of events, like
1: something like this.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: one of the drawbacks of being self-published is that you're in charge of your own marketing. You don't have a publisher mm-hmm. helping you. I also have the upfront costs, so my books are professionally edited and professionally proofread, so I had to pay for editing and proofreading and things like that, and I had to pay for my own blog tours, and uh, so that that's definitely an upfront cost, um, but the, in terms of writing, I spent uh, really last a good part of last year writing bite me and got it to the very near end. I won't, I don't want to give anything away, but, um, right. this is part of my advertising campaign. So I, I, one of my slogans is ward yourself slayers promageddon is coming. So there is a really <laughs> big prom <laughs> battle at the end yeah. of bite me. So and that's not too much of a spoiler, but, I got yeah. all the way up to that promageddon scene last year and, it, and I, I couldn't finish the last 10% of the book. And I got kind of discouraged and I set it away for a while. And then when our critique group started meeting and I was able to share my writing with my critique group, all the other writers like really encouraged me to finish the book. And that mm-hmm. was very... Um, that was really encouraging because I I was thinking that it that my book sucked, but not in a good yeah. vampire sucks sort of way. But just <laughs> like it was bad. And it, when I it. um when I heard like when you guys told me that you were laughing out loud when you were reading yeah. my writing, I thought, Oh I should keep going and I should finish this So I did. And then once I did that, mm-hmm. then it was really easy to write the next um yeah. the two sequels. They just sort of spilled out of me because I already had all the characters. I had the world developed. I knew what the parameters, I knew what vampires could and couldn't do within my world of the Puritan Coven. And so it it was pretty easy. And now I'm working on a prequel uh, for the series that will also be um, within the world, but just a little bit different that hopefully readers enjoy too. Well, I
0: have to say, you know, having been one of your early readers, you're really good with dialogue. And one of the things that's tricky with dialogue is that you have to make the characters all sound individual. And there are a lot of characters yeah. in your book, but they don't there all are. have the same. And they all have you know, you. they all have their own voices and so you can tell you don't need dialogue tags on every line because you can tell the dialogue between the characters, you know, who's a little bit more sarcastic and snarky and you know, and who's more serious and who's you know the couple people more innocent, so
1: yeah, um, and one of the things I did for this series before I wrote anything is I created a fifty five page Bible for the series, basically where I sat down and I thought about every single character and I wrote out their backstory and what they looked like and what they thought about and what they would eat for breakfast and what they would wear on a Saturday morning. I wrote it all out. So Morgan, my main character is a gooey romantic. Uh, She loves diet Coke. She loves reading romance novels. She loves all these different things. Whereas um, Van, who's the the romantically, he's uh, a 19 year old slayer. He's on his gap year before he goes to Georgetown. He believes the only good dead, uh, vampire is a slain vampire. He does kickboxing. <laughs> he does you know all these different things. And Van has this a uh, really funny relationship with his sister, his little sister Cassandra, where they are oh, constantly bickering.
0: I love her. But, I love her. Yeah. She's- Featured in the third book, and it's like she's like kick-ass. I like her a lot.
1: Yes. So Cassandra is uh a, has a black belt in Taekwondo and is very fierce. But she's also been homeschooled her whole life because their family has to move from place to place, slaying vampires. And her dad is kind of flaky, and her mom is just obsessed with slaying vampires. So Cassandra is the one who keeps the whole family together, and she like organizes their move and she like pays the bills and she does all these things but um and she's really smart but since she's been homeschooled her whole life without actually like oh i i have lots of friends who are homeschooled and they get to meet other homeschool kids within their um like their homeschool club and their group and they you know there's a lot of socializing but cassandra hasn't been socialized because they she moves from place to place so she's a little um eccentric in that bit and and so, in the third book, when she finally goes to school full time in La Jolla and has a boyfriend, she does some sort of quirky things that are a little bit funny, um, mm-hmm. but also very endearing, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, so i did when i when I was starting the series, I did all of this backstory on everything. and now that um, the series is more developed. I can go back and flip through that Bible and say, okay, so what, what, does this, what does the high school science teacher look like? And what does he sound like? And what's on the, what's on the walls of his classroom? I can just look that up and I have mm-hmm. it ready to write, ready to go, which is really helpful because I, I would like to continue the series um, with, there's still some characters that I really um, am in love with that want to find out what happens to them. So I'm all ready to go. Once once I get past this book release launch, I'll be ready mm-hmm. to go for more writing. Yeah, yeah. Because right now you're probably a little preoccupied
0: with trying to get that out there.
1: And uh, mm-hmm.
0: it sounds like your process is well. I should write a book called, you know, how how to how to be the most the world's most inefficient author because I am a dancer, <laughs> which means. I you know I write these things and you know you might ha- I might have 100,000 words that don't go anywhere great developed characters and great dialogue but there's no story and um you had loaned me a you recommended a book that I downloaded called Take Off Your Pants and that's yes. been a great help to me because it's like totally opposite cuz I didn't you you <laughs> she has something in there about the character bible um or she maybe might, it was yeah, that, yeah. There might have been another book you read that recommended that. So I'm in the
1: process. And you're now. much, you're more of a literary YA writer than I right. am because um, Breakfast with Naruto, you know, that's a that's a literary YA deep, much deeper than my books are. My books are definitely like sort of fun, books that are for fun and mm-hmm. um, YA genre, not like Pulp Fiction, Very but like. Yeah, they're yeah. just meant to be. They're meant to be fun and relaxing to read. Um, yeah. Not that breakfast with Naruta isn't fun and relaxing, but it definitely has like it goes it goes to depths that my books will not go to, um,
0: mm-hmm. just
1: because their genre. Although my first book, right. Books, Boys, and Revenge, was deeper. It was about bullying. It was about what what it's like to be a high schooler where you've broken up with your best friend, like your best, your best friend has turned against you and now you're being surrounded by mean girls. And what do you do? Mm. How are you going to find your own voice? But, right. but that's a standalone, this, this series of, of White vampires is this is strictly for fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm, yeah, I, I feel like I'm like today,
0: I, well, when I shared pages with our group, I, you know, I said, you know, this is just terrible. I said, this is just, Normally, I don't have a I don't have I don't suffer normally from writer's block. I sit down and I'm just write and write and write. But I've been working on this for like a month and I have seven thousand words and I'm not even mm-hmm. sure any of them are good because it's like I don't know who I am. I I I got my log line first, which I think is going to help. Mm-hmm. But um, and now and I've been going through and last night I had a hard time sleeping because I kind of went through and made a list of my my three main characters and I made. Some character lists, and I realized my main character is the least interesting
1: of the three. It's like she's not interesting. And it's like I don't think so. I thought I think she's interesting. Yeah, well, I and I think it was
0: it was you. I think who gave me the, the who had said, well, you know, why don't you add? You know, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, add this component to it. And I thought, oh, okay, and maybe that will help me make her slightly different you know I mean she's Mm -hmm. I I don't want to yeah so I've got to have like a reason that people want to keep reading her and um Mm
1: -hmm. that's true
0: and I and I so I yeah so so this has been it's it's different because I'm trying not to be a pantser I'm trying to write
1: Mm -hmm. this thing out with a sense of direction it's like Mm -hmm. and then hopefully you don't need to revise as much
0: I know because I went through 10 drafts on the one that I just finished and I think it's done. I hope because (laughs) I've gone through 10 drafts and I cut like 70,000 words and rewrote things. And I don't want to have to do that because it's like I'm the world's most inefficient writer. And so I'm trying to change that. But so I'm way out of my comfort zone, actually planning ahead how the story is going to go. And I, um, so, have to so rely that's what's so on great about writing
1: critique groups is that you learn so much from the other writers
0: uh, mm-hmm. in your group,
1: like that they can teach you things. And I know that I've learned so much from the critiques that I receive from you and the other people in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it It's really, you know, sometimes like when you get critiques, you have to sit down there with, you know, your cup of coffee and really concentrate and other times you want to sit down there with a glass of wine and cry before you start working on it. But all of that feedback really helps. And I know that my editor has really commented on like how much easier I'm becoming to edit because my critique group is so strong that they're catching all these mistakes that I used to make uh, and that I'm, turning in a clear manuscript because of all the work from the other authors, which was really helpful. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, Charmin is really good at like our the syntax and like I tend to mix, miss words. She's really eagle-eyed. I think she had been an editor at some time.
1: She's some wonderful. She, Sherman Badgett-Young, uh,
0: yeah. her books. She
1: has a new one coming out called Triune Helix, which is kind of like
0: yeah, so I love a thriller that, that fans
1: of Michael Crichton will love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: In fact, when Sharman and I we were the last ones to leave today for the critique, and I told her, I, I said, you know, I'd like to do a show where our whole group meets on online and you know on the air and talk about it because we're all four very different. Yes, and all of us bring bring different skills to the table, and um, yes. like Charmin is really really good at like looking at our our sentences and our paragraphs and repeated words, which is something I we all have these. I guess you'd call them writing ticks, And because she yes. said one of the things, she says like Jennifer Bardsley tends to use the word just a lot. So she's circling all yes. the just in Jennifer's work. And
1: mine I tend to She have, uses I too many to I-N-G words too. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then another and then, writer in her group is Penelope Wright. Yeah. And her first book was No Use for a Name. And she is just fabulous at... Contemporary realism and writing teen characters that just, like, sound teen. Really great for YA.
0: Yeah, she's good at pointing out where something doesn't sound authentic and or if, like, if a character, it's like, well, why would you have a character do that? You know, she's really good at questioning um, character motivation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just have really... And then when, like, when I get home and if everybody has not liked a certain, or has questioned a certain thing, I, I realize that I have to change that. Yeah. Like nobody got that. That's
1: what that. needs to
0: be changed. So sometimes just one person's suggestion you make, you know, it goes,
1: hmm. But if the whole group
0: says, um, I don't think that would ha- that should happen that way, then you know you've got Yeah, in fact, slashed. the whole
1: group changed the first the, the first chapter of my second book in the series hunt me mm-hmm. whereas hunt me is a second chance romance and right. everyone said that the, that the inciting incident which is supposed to be the um, plot point that kicks off the whole book they're like mm-hmm. the plot point that the inciting incident is not strong enough you need to write a different right. opening chapter so i did i yes. went back and i wrote this hospital scene where one of the vampires emma comes to visit her boyfriend chase who has just? Wait, well, I don't want to give them away spoilers. But
0: yeah, there's this horrible, yeah, yeah, devastating
1: breakup scene, and yeah. that's what then kicks off the book. And uh, and once once the other writers told me that I needed to do that, it was like clearest day to me um, that I that they were yeah. right, and it made the book if better. I don't even
0: remember. I don't remember what your opening, your original opening was, but it was it was not
1: memorable. Whereas it wasn't memorable. It was. No. It
0: wasn't memorable. It was like all three of us were like the original you know, was opening like,
1: sure. was was Emma walking in and finding her dad and her and her stepmother kissing on the couch.
0: And oh, okay. it was awkward yeah. but it like wasn't an yeah. inciting
1: incident awkward.
0: Right. Yeah. It you because Chase is a main character in the second one, so you needed to see them
1: sooner. I mean You need it, to see his yeah. heartbreak and figure yeah. out like why is this going to clearly be a second chance romance. And yeah. that's that's what I want to do. And then by the
0: time you wrote the third one, we there weren't any structural issues. But, you know that whole story flowed like you were like a machine writing the third one. Yeah, I think that one was really fun to write. Flowed, it started in the right spot and it flowed all the way through. So
1: yeah, you know, that that one was it was you, really fun to write. That that's a I mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to write a bad boy romance. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, in the in the clean and wholesome world of the Puritan Coven, like, it's not that bad.
0: Uh, yeah. But, so
1: that main character, Kyle, is, like, a, a character who's, um, I think my hook was, he's a vampire bad boy. She's a Slayer's daughter who's never been kissed. That's the hook mm-hmm. of, of Slay Me. But I knew that I wanted to have him as a vampire who was trying to reform. Like, he was trying not to kill people anymore. And he was trying to commit to a pure lifestyle and what was going to happen next. And, and it was really fun figuring out what was going to happen next. But
0: Cassandra's a good match for him because she's a strong, strong headed person and he needed yeah. somebody. Both of them need to be challenged on different levels and they were well suited for one another because yeah. you know they, they could keep up with one another and, um, you know, and I, I like Cassandra appears in the second one, but only in and in just in a marginal way. So I was I was really happy to see that you developed her character better.
1: Yeah, that she that. was fun to write, um, and also mm-hmm. because then I got to show Cassandra and her brother Van again in some funny, mm-hmm. some funny things, uh, I love the brother and sister.
0: Yeah, good dynamic between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, you mentioned about having to hire an editor and proofreader, and then you also have to buy covers. So, if somebody, like let's say somebody's listening there, and they like, "Well, I have a great series idea." What kind of costs are they looking at initially? Of course, your you know your return is you're going to be able to make your money quicker as a self-published author. But you there, even with KDP, there is some money up front. Like there's a lot of free yeah, stuff in true. but there's also money up front. If you're going to do it right, I mean, there's a lot of self-published stuff out there, and you look at the covers and you go, they just scream self-published author. Whereas yeah. the and I didn't, do I didn't it right, want that. Yeah, these yeah, look didn't very, want that. very professional. So My um, what, what cover
1: designer was. Oh, so the costs um, can vary widely. Like you can buy a you can buy a pre-made cover. As low as twenty five dollars, or you can buy a custom designed cover that's going to be three thousand dollars. And my covers, I bought all three covers together from the same designer. On um, the designer is Make Ready Designs um, by Allison Martin, and they were um, they're each individual um, photographers who took. The covers. The um, second and third books are done by Meet Cute Photography, uh, Meet Cute, and then the first one was done by uh, uh, I think it's Mandy Hollis is the photographer in the first one. And so they're like real teenagers. They're not stock photos, which was important to me because I didn't want anyone else to have my own cover. And Allison uh-huh. did a wonderful job working with me to come up with the, what the series was going to look like. Uh and <laughs> so I spent $300 for all three covers. I bought them as a package. Uh-huh. Uh which is which isn't sort of like a normal price. It's sort of on the lower end in um in indie cover design, but but was something that I felt like I could afford. Uh-huh. And then my editor uh, I love my editor. Her name is Amy McNulty. She is also an author, a traditionally published and an indie published author. Um, so she has she, just the eagle eye for mistakes and editing. And she knows, like in my original version of Bite Me, I had, um, I had Morgan and Van go to the movies and see Pride and Prejudice um, the the zombie version of Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. and she and Amy's like, no, you can't have that because then that dates the book. It sets it in mm. the time period when that movie was in theaters, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be more like nebulous about. I mean, the book I wanted the book to take place in modern times. I don't want it to take place mm-hmm. in 2014 like, 10 years or whenever ago. that book yeah. came out. Yeah. yeah, so I went back and I changed it to they went to see a little house on the prairie meets zombies movie which actually oh. sounds so much funnier <laughs> because can you imagine little house in the prairie meets zombies <laughs> it'd be really funny uh, so that so amy has just a great uh eye for editing yeah. and so each book costs um she I think her her editing rate is different depending on her clientele but she's a, a very reasonable editor um, editing can cost, I would say, anywhere from like 300 to to $1,000 per book, depending on which editor you use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, once I had that done, then I had to have the book proofread. So I sent it out. I have like a whole list of proofreaders that I sent the book out to, and that costs more money. Um, but they mm-hmm. catch lots of things that um, right. even – after gone, going through editing, the copy edits don't catch. So at the end yeah. of it, I mean, sure, there's still going to be a few mistakes, but hopefully the book is very, very clean in terms of editing and isn't something that's going to make people annoyed. Now, if like the the advantage
0: of self-publishing, if some if a reader finds a mistake. You as the writer can change that, and I can of,
1: change it know. at any point. Yeah, and that's yeah. if you're if you're pursuing indie publishing, that's why I would really recommend being in charge of your own formatting. Like I said, if if you have a PC, you can use Pressbooks. If you have a Macintosh, you can use Vellum. And the reason why it's better to do your own formatting than paying someone to do your formatting for you is every time you find a mistake. You don't want to have to go back to your formatters and say, can you please add an apostrophe on page 32? Because if you do mm-hmm. that, then your formatter will be like, sure, that'll be 20 bucks. And you don't want mm-hmm. to have to do that for every single thing you find. And let's say um, you start a new Twitter account and you want to add that to your back matter or you have a new book that's coming out and you want to put the first chapter at the back of your of your Um, previously published books. You don't want to have to go back to the formatter and have them reformat your book every time you do that. You want to be able to make changes yourself instantly, and that's what doing your own formatting does. So like, for example, um, I have one of our critique group partners, Jennifer Bardley, has this wonderful newsletter list called The YA Gal, and she let me put that newsletter Link at the back of my books, so that she can collect um, people who are interested in finding out more about my book and sign up for that newsletter, and she can do the announcements for me. And I, all mm-hmm. I was, since I do my own formatting, I was able to slip that in, no problem. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Yeah. So it,
0: you know, is it is it hard to get started when you? I mean, do you think okay, this is going to be. An awesome, huge, huge project. Where do I start? Where does one start besides, you know, once, you, you, once you start writing, of course, but where do you start yeah. on the marketing side of this?
1: Well, there's, I think that the, the first time I published the, a book, which was mm-hmm. Book of Boys and Revenge, that was a standalone no- novel, and I made back mm-hmm. my cost, so I broke even, but I didn't make a profit. And after that, I learned, um, I learned more about the indie writing community. There is an author named Derek Murphy. He has a blog called Creative Indie, and he has several mm-hmm. books out. One of them is free on Amazon. It's called Book Marketing is Dead. And I read that and started following Derek's blog, and I started learning so much about indie publishing. And one of the things that um, successful indie authors say is that don't do a standalone, do a series. And because series are supposedly how you make the most money, people get hooked on book one, and then they buy book two and book three because they want to find out what happened. So I knew that if I if I continue to pursue self publishing, I wanted to do a series, and I wanted to do what was called right to market, which is where you find a market of readers that are just voracious readers of a particular genre, and you write that book. So like for Books, Boys, and Revenge, it was the book that was closest to my heart. It was the story I really wanted to tell. But it's not necessarily that there's not a hungry market out there for books about Mm 15-year-old girls who are being bullied, right? Uh, Mm. That might be something that a lot of people have experienced, but it's not like, I'm going to go to the bookstore and I'm going to look for a book about a 15-year-old girl who's been bullied. People don't do that. Mm -hmm. But they do go to the store and look for books about vampire romance or the books that are like twilight or books that are like, um, a shade of vampire by Bella Forrest, which is a huge bestseller on Amazon. And so that's yeah. what I did. I thought I'm going to write a story or a series that's right to market. Um, vampires are never going to go out of style. Like they might be, they might become passe for a while, but they're always going to come back. Vampires have been around forever. And so right. that's, and I and I love Twilight, so something that I I love uh, it was mm-hmm. easy to, easy for me to like spend a lot of time in, and then I once I got my hook, and, and you'll you'll probably notice that in a lot of my books they always feature sort of a nerdy heroine because I myself was a nerdy high school student, <laughs> uh, so they, so Morgan is definitely like the nerdy girl. Uh, who yeah. becomes transformed into this gorgeous vampire once she's been in um but yeah. but cool. it it was it was easy to channel that voice and yeah. and I did that um, but it,
0: sorry, well, we have a caller. are you yes. ready to for to ask for a caller's question? Yes, okay, all right, well, let me see if we can get this person connected so. Oh, you're hello? on the uh, Hello. Hey, can, uh, you're on can the you hear me. I right? yeah. Um you guys you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, yes, we, can. we can. You have a you have a question for Louise? Uh yeah. So, I've been writing my own book for a while now. It's called 50 Shades of Gay.
1: It's similar. Uh-huh. It's
0: inspired by the 50 Shades of Grey novels, but it's more of a broke back mountain twist to it. Uh-huh. So, would you guys recommend doing a series about that, or just a single book?
1: I would definitely do a series because uh, that's like uh, the gay romance genre is like very popular on Amazon. There's definitely a market for that, and mm-hmm. you could, if you had the whole series going, then you could um, market book one. You don't have to market the whole series; you could just market book one. And hopefully people get hooked on that first book well, and then keep reading through. it's a children's book too. It's a children's book.
0: Yeah, it's an erotic novel, but it is a picture book for children. Um, yeah, that's probably not going to be appropriate. So. Um, well, it's just a more of a how-to guide for gay romance for children. That's that's not really going to. I don't think you're going to have a chance of selling that. Do you yeah, think school no. and would be is very difficult
1: to sell on indie publishing? Also, uh, Amazon really closely monitors that. So you are not allowed to publish anything um, that's pornographic for children at all. They, like they wouldn't that, that wouldn't make it through the filters.
0: Even if it's more of an educational how to guide
1: to gay sex for children?
0: Yeah, it's probably not. I mean, it depends on your definition of children, but um, I wouldn't say uh, five, it is that. Like uh, roughly ages 5 to 12? No. 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 I don't think yeah. anyone would think that was appropriate. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and move on, but thank you for calling. Go ahead and uh, go to your next question. Is how would um what's next for your do you say you had said earlier that you you have three in this series and
1: you're working on um a fourth one now? Yes, I'm working on a prequel for the series, so that uh sort of kicks off the whole series and that one would be um priced probably at ninety nine cents since it's a novella. Mm-hmm. And then within Kindle Unlimited you can Choose to put your book uh, on sale, or even free sometimes, which is like I'm doing with the Mermaid novella, um, Mermaid mm-hmm. Aboard. And so I would probably once I once I do the um, once I finish the novella, that's something that I can use in my marketing toolbox to sell the rest of the series. And eventually, if the series takes off, like I'd love it to be a five-book series, and then have a companion series that would be called Slayers Academy which would be about oh, cool. um, yeah. slayers coming to Vance's house, because Van's, Van's family is um, a, a slayer's family, and it mm-hmm. would be about, you know, the slayers coming to be trained. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So um, we're getting, we're starting to run low on time. What kind of advice do you have for uh, anybody out there who, you know, that's, for, in, for future
1: indie authors,
0: you know, that uh, maybe we For future we indie
1: authors, things. I think that one thing you need to do is write a whole bunch. You need to – and get critique and beta readers. Um, uh, your first novel will probably not be good at all. It's horrible to say that, but probably your first <laughs> first novel probably just belongs in the desk drawer there. It was your practice novel. And keep writing – Keep getting critiqued, keep getting feedback, um, perfect the best you can, and save money. Like you probably need, you were asking me earlier how much it takes to get started. If you were just going to publish one book, you could probably do it for four or five hundred. But for a series like this, you would need at least a thousand because you have to get your covers, you have to edit each book, you have to have proofreading. If you're going to do marketing, you need to pay for that. Um, That all costs money, of upfront costs, and and then uh, learn as much as as you can from other authors. Like I learned so much from my critique group. I've learned so much from Derek Murphy from Creative Indie, and that book book marketing is dead is fabulous that's a good book for anyone who's an author traditionally published or indie published a lot of helpful information. Um, Those are all and read widely in your genre. So uh,
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: love young adult books. I read a lot of young adult books. I'm familiar with young adult books. Um, One of my favorite authors lives near me in San Diego and her name is Jennifer Ann Davis. She's um, like in the top one hundred of all young adult authors on Amazon. Her book um series, the the most famous one is The Key, which is the True Rain series. And it sold over three hundred thousand copies. And wow. she's an indie yeah. author. Yeah. Um hugely it's successful called The Rain. The Rain series? Yeah, the true True Rain series. Um the first book is The Key. She yeah. also has some other books out. Um Cage of the Sea, ha. Uh, The Order of the Kriegers is one of her series. She's a a wonderful YA fantasy, also clean and wholesome. So, you know, you're like books that a 14-year-old could read, and you Mm -hmm. could give it to your 14-year-old niece for Christmas, and you wouldn't have to worry that there was going to be a sex scene in it that was going to make your sister-in-law hate you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I've had a really good time talking to you today, Louise, and... um, You know, I I, well, I'll see you next time we Skype, and um, you know, we get together. Yes,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, eventually we'll have the whole group on together, and uh, we'll have a little conversation, let everybody hear about our crazy process.
1: That would be
0: awesome. How we drive each other crazy, but we make each other better at the same time. All right, well, um, thanks again for uh, coming on, and uh, good luck with uh your release it comes out on may 14th and where can listeners find you on social media
1: they can find me on instagram louise cypress is my handle and they can also find me on goodreads and amazon okay great all right
0: so then we will look forward to that and i, I you know I'll, be, I'll look forward to you know in, Hearing about your um, whole process because I feel like I'm vested in these. You know, I've been part of a group that's like we've helped you write these. So it's like, oh, yes, you you have. been
1: enormously I
0: feel vested in in you having success
1: with these. I never would have made it through Promageton without you.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I think on that note, we will go ahead and uh, call it a day. Thanks again, Louise. Thank you. all righty. All right. We've been talking with uh, Louise Cypress, and her new series is, is coming out um, May 14th. Her first book is called Bite Me, and I'm really looking forward to finding out how the audience deals with that. And uh, this has been a copyright copyrighted podcast solely owned by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And until next time... I am Laura Mo, and this is the Young Adult Cafe. We'll talk to you soon.